in my lifetime I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 251, submission number 884. What's Alan watching? What's Alan watching? was an unsold pilot that aired on CBS as a special from February The year is 1989, and CBS had Murphy Brown, and that was it, I think. Yeah, that's basically it. Like, let me try to think what they had. They had- well, they had, they had Dallas, and I think they had Falcon Crest. Well, fall of 1988, Falcon Crest and Dallas would be on the way. So. On the wane. Well, well, no, but but the Dallas was around till like ninety two, so it was still around. It may not have been as good as it was, but it, it was by no means canceled or gone. No, true. Uh-huh. But still, a wise it, guy. Hey, they still Murder She Wrote was still good. Uh, you still had one more season of New Hearts because that lasted until ninety, and rescue rescue nine one one. Did yeah. it, premiere, it premiered in 89, I think, didn't it? It did premiere in 89. Yeah. But with all of that, we also had the likes of... Huh, let's see if I can get through all of this list of future entries here. Livin', Heartland, Almost Grown, High Risk, whatever the hell that is. High Risk! It was a high risk they put a guy from MASH in his own series. <laughs> I made a funny. Dolphin Cove. Dirty Dancing. With McLean Stevenson. With McLean Stevenson. And whatever hard time on planet Earth is. Suffice it to say, CBS needed a hit in 1988 to replace its aging lineup. 
And the stuff they had in the hopper that fall, well, except for Murphy Brown. But aside from that, one nit, Chief. So what's the network to do but try something completely out of the box? They were going to rely on a combination of a sitcom, a sketch comedy series, and a bit of star power. Well, they decided upon... Are you ready for this? Okay, what did they decide on? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy? But he's the biggest movie star on the planet in 1989. He is indeed the biggest movie star on the planet in 1989. He's coming off Coming to America. Yep. And he's definitely not a CBS type of person. No, you associate him with NBC through SNL. Well, that, but also CBS tends to skew older. Yeah. And the last time we saw Eddie Murphy at his rawest, at his raunchiest, it was on HBO, wasn't it? Eddie Murphy Raw, yeah. Yeah, with his friend Joe Piscopo. He was doing Carl Lewis. Oh, he's Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis! I'm Carl Lewis! But something happened between Eddie Murphy's stint on SNL and this show premiering. A movie in the hopper called UHF, which was basically Weird Al parlaying his success into a movie. Because right now, You would think that this would be the pinnacle of Weird Al's career, but no. No, the pinnacle of his career is going to be on the Roku channel in a couple months. Can't wait to see Harry Potter play Weird Al. That's going to be epic. But yeah, um, UHF was basically a... It was basically Weird Al the movie. It's like... Weird Al, known parodist, was about to parody a movie about parodies. It's actually pretty good. But on the smaller screen, we have similar but legally distinct from UHF, a creation of Bob Tischler who, of course, was one of the people who was instrumental in creating National Lampoon and bringing it to movies and television with uh, Michael O'Donoghue. And this was written by Barry Blaustein, who wrote Coming to America, who was one of Eddie Murphy's longtime writing partners, going all the way back to Saturday Night Live. So suffice it to say top-notch talent behind this show. In fact, Tischler would go on to write episodes for Empty Nest, Something So Right, and Boy Meets World. Take out business. Take out business! I figure you do a good take out business. Good take out business. Yeah, we do a good take out business. Take out business! <laughs> so yeah, we have Bob Tischler, we have Barry Blaustein, and directed it was Thomas Schlamm, whose credits include another never cover, Sports Night. So suffice it to say, a lot of comedic 
slash dramatic chops on this show. And that's important because this show would combine comedy, drama, and a whole lot of offbeat sketches. So what was What's Alan Watching all about? Alan Hofstetter is a 17-year-old living in West Philadelphia, not necessarily born or raised. Well, he might be. And he lives with his parents and his two older siblings. One is a pretentious, horse-driving guy named Jeff, and the other is a lady who is trying to get out of a divorce so she can marry her boyfriend who happens to be Rob Bartlett from the I Miss Show. Letty Kling the Carpet King. <laughs> Not many times they can bring up Rob Bartlett and the time he was announcer for Monday Night Raw in 1993. Welcome If this was a video podcast, you would have seen Rob Bartlett tearing a picture of Bobby Heenan in a parody of when Sinead O'Connor tore the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. Who said the World Wrestling Federation wasn't on top of pop culture in early 1993? Bring it up, buddy. Just bring it all up. And suffice it to say, Alan has all of the problems that a normal 17-year-old would have. He's getting ready for college. He's sort of sort of lusting after lusting bordering on creeping oh, on, god. on his best friend's girlfriend, Alyssa. <laughs> oh my god. And he uses as the ultimate escape television. Some people would say he watches too much television. We would tend to agree with them. Yeah, we would. We really would, yes. And the things he ends up watching are crazy to say the very least. We'll get into all of that momentarily, but let's talk about the cast here. Playing the role of Alan Hofstetter is Corin Nemec. Of course, he played Parker Lewis. His parents, Leo and Libby Hofstetter, were played by two veritable legends of the small screen. Leo was played by Peter Michael Goetz, who is in future installment Rush Hour, but is mostly known as Dr. Herbert Adams in another future installment, The Faculty. And not, not are you really, ready? Yeah. Are you ready, Greg? Yeah, what is it? Are you ready, Greg? What is it? He was in Invitation to Love segments on, on Twin, Twin Peaks. Oh, yes, Invitation to Love. The soap opera in the show within the show on Twin Peaks. And I think um, on YouTube channel, there's actually like the full unedited clips from Invitation to Love. If I could Ooh. find them, they're so great. <laughs> 
They are so great. Jade, what a surprise. I, I wasn't expecting it. Oh, Daddy, don't pretend. Not with me. Not anymore. Jade, I... I know the pain you've been going through. And Chet... Chet's told me about your financial difficulties. Daddy, listen to me. You mustn't give up. You have so much to live for. Jade, the awful truth is I... I have nothing. Oh, Daddy, that's not true. You have me. And you have my love and devotion. Jade, my beautiful Jade. What a foolish, old, selfish idiot I've been. How could I have ever doubted that? Invitation to Love will return after these messages. And, oh, we actually talked about Peter Michael Getz before on this show. Oh, we did? Yep, he played Wally Raid White on Aftermath. Okay, he was on Aftermath the second time. Uh-huh. Well, one thing about Invitation to Love, I think someone brought it up, I saw on social media. They missed a really good opportunity in Twin Peaks The Return to show the Invitation to Love reboot as like a gritty, like, CW teen drama. Oh my god, yes! Yes! In the vein of the Dynasty reboot on CW. Uh-huh. Oh, well. They ever nice. do a Twin Peaks Season 4, you have a golden opportunity, David Lynch. Yep, there you go. And playing the role of Libby Hofstetter is Barbara Barry, who was in Season 1 of Barney Miller as Barney's wife, Elizabeth, obviously. And also in future entries, Tucker's Witch and Double Trouble. Nowadays, she plays sort of the uh, grandmother unit. I know she played a grandmother in one episode of Pushing Daisies, which is on the list, to be sure. But notably played Nana Keen on Suddenly Susan, which will never be on the list. And if you have the uh, Rewind TV channel, Suddenly Susan is on Rewind TV. I know because we just got Rewind TV here in New York this week, so. Are you enjoying it? Oh, yeah, I am enjoying it. But you know what else is on Rewind TV, Chico? What's that? Wings. (laughs) (laughs) And guys? Wait, wait, wait. Greg is about to drop a bomb. I'm going to drop a bomb. Now, Greg never... is about to drop a bomb, people! This is going to be very shocking, but I've never told this in the 251 episodes of this podcast, okay? Are you ready? Uh, 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 hey, hold on, hold on. Let me get myself situated here. Go on. I love wings. <laughs> Did I ever tell that on the podcast ever? Once or twice, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember everything that goes on in the 251 episodes of this podcast. Hey, Greg. What? Did you know Wings made Tony Shalhoub's career? It did make Tony Shalhoub's career. How did you know it made Tony Shalhoub's career? I thought I was the only. I thought I was the only one who knew that. But hey, they didn't put me on Jeopardy because I'm handsome. All right. <laughs> so we have the parents. 
playing the older sister Gail Hofstetter is Fran Tresher. Here comes the line, folks. If you don't know who she is, well, yeah, we know, we know, we know. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we mentioned the UHF similarities. She was in UHF. She was in UHF. Yeah. And she's one and of the play- best ports in UHF, too. And in the role of his older Porsche-driving D-bag brother, Jeff Hostetter. Wait, didn't he play for the Giants in Super Bowl twenty-five? No. No, he didn't. Oh, oh, I'm thinking of Jeff Hostetler. Okay. No, you're thinking of Jeff Hostetler. Yeah, that's what I this said. This is Jeff Hostetler. Okay. So he didn't go on to play for the LA Raiders. Okay. Sorry, man. We have David Packer, known primarily as a movie actor who's been everything from an almost hero in Almost Heroes to an emergency doctor in RoboCop. We would know him as both Morty Sherman and Hugo Carlin, both slime bags, in the CSI franchise. Played Morty Sherman in CSI New York and Hugo Carlin in CSI Crime Scene Investigation. The OG CSI. The OG CSI, Not to be confused with CSI Vegas. Right. The new version. The new version. No. He also played Daniel Bernstein in both V and V The Final Battle. Did not return for V the series, though. But mostly, he was... A that guy from that thing. And rounding out the family unit is Lenny Kling the Carpet King, played by Rob Bartlett. Yes, which I already mentioned. So Yeah, try and keep up. But then you have uh, two people who are not in the family, but are friends of Alan's. We have Alyssa who's played by the ever-so-divine Cheryl Pollock. Yeah. Oh! Hey, guys. She was in an episode of Quantum Leap. She was in an episode of Quantum Leap. Yes. Well, that's good. And playing her boyfriend, his best friend, Alan's best friend, in a bit role, but you know, very prominent, and you can definitely tell it's Polly Shore. Yes, an early Polly Shore role. And you know what? He would go on to great fame in the next decade. Yeah, but that was about all the. Yeah, that was about it. But you know what? He did have son-in-law. He did. And Encino Man. And Encino Man. Oh, Encino Man's a classic. Yo, Biodome Man. And he was basically the face of MTV for probably the first half of the decade. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, We also have appearances by Shelley Berman, Alex Trebek, George Carlin, the Smothers Brothers. A very young Ellen Cleghorn, Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. Gandhi. 
Gandhi. And uh, hold on, Brent Spiner's in this. I didn't even realize he was in this. Yep, Brent Spiner's in this pilot too. Yep. Well, this was a Paramount joint, so of course he was in this. And Eddie Murphy. Yes, Eddie Murphy, because, duh, he produced this. Of course. He produced it. He's going to be in it. And of course, he's playing all of the characters that he knows how. We're talking about Protester, James Brown, and that's it. But we built that particular sketch for all it's worth, as we're about to see here. Basically, before we uh, go into it, the plot of the pilot, remember, the pilot is basically half comedy drama, half sketch show. The comedy drama is used as a framing device for the sketches, or is it the sketches as a framing device for the cup? I'm confused. No wonder this thing didn't sell. Yeah, Guys, I wonder how Ellen Cleghorn would describe uh, Corin Nemec on this TV show. He's a royal geek. Royal geek is correct. <laughs> Serena. Serena, we also would have accepted total geek or your highness, king of the geeks. Before we get into the show, one thing I failed to mention about Gail. She is seeing Lenny Kling, the carpet king. Fran Drescher's character, you mean? Yes. She is seeing Lenny Kling, the Carpet King, played by Rob Bartlett, the WWF announcer. And the guy from Imus. And the guy from Imus. She is still married to her husband. Yeah, but we never see her husband. Nope. We just hear a lot about her husband. Because, well, again, reasons that will become painfully obvious when we get into it. So let's get into it, shall we? All right. So we begin with Alan's car, which is a respectable BW Beetle. And then we see Jeff's car, which is a Porsche 911, with every security alarm known to man on it. Well, it's 1989. It was like, wasn't it like a new thing to have security alarms on a car? Yeah. Jeff went extra. Yeah, I think there's even a line about how all the security systems on the car are actually more expensive than the car itself. And and really, if, if you haven't seen it, I think he rolls like a ball right by the car. Doesn't even touch the car with the ball, but all sorts of sirens start blaring and 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 bells go off and bells whistles. You would have oh, thought somebody it, won a double showcase. Think about if you like pushed the fire uh, door, the fire alarm door, just a little bit. Yeah, it's that. And I say that from experience because I hear that type of alarm almost every day at my school. <laughs> okay, then we hear about his father who took up golf as a way to relax from his job at a box factory. We also hear about his mother, who worries a lot. Then we hear about 
Mr. Kling, the carpet king. There he is with his crown and everything. By the way, in case I didn't mention it, Coronemic in 1989 has a sweet mullet. And he spends most of his time watching television. Having cable in the late 80s and early 90s, that's just everything right now. Oh, hey, we saw a clip of Taxi. Well, of course we did. This show is produced by Paramount. Taxi is a Paramount production. I didn't put two and two together until I actually watched this. So now we see a trailer for... The James Brown TV movie. Oh, there's Lenny Kling again. There's Lenny Kling again. And then, ooh! Oh, wow. Oh. Alan decides to uh, watch this soap commercial. Oh. And wait, is the soap commercial talking with Alan? What? Huh? They could understand all of this? Yeah, they're communicating through the TV. How is this possible? And the lady's like, I take very good care of my body. Do you want to see it? And so Alan, because he's a 17-year-old pervert, decides, yes, he very much wants to see her body. But then mom walks in. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that always happen? Basically saying, it's time for dinner. You're watching too much TV. Come and watch. Come and eat dinner. Come and eat dinner? (laughs) Go ahead, everybody. (laughs) So what's there to do except... I don't know, play the opening theme and go eat dinner. So that's exactly what Alan does. By the way, the entire family is at dinner. Including the Carpet King. Including Lenny Kling the Carpet King. And we're basically going through all of the plot lines that are going to happen in the next hour. From Jeff losing his house and living out of his Porsche to Gail trying to divorce her husband so she can marry Lenny Kling, the Carpet King, and Alan being accepted to Wisconsin. The University of Wisconsin. The University of Wisconsin, home of the Fighting Badgers. Big Ten country, baby. Joe Thomas's uh, alma mater. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to throw a Browns reference in there. Especially since I'm looking at Greg's screen and what's the third link? Cleveland Stadium, the mistake on the lake. Oh, yeah, that is true. I've been watching a bunch of videos from this one channel called Forgotten Places about the history of really bad stadiums. And Cleveland Stadium, from experience, having both worked there and attended games there, is a sty or was a sty. I'm surprised you don't have a link to the uh, abandoned episode of the Astrodome. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen that plenty of times as well as the Silverdome one, which is very excellent by Jake. But okay, let's continue on with uh, the pilot. Yep. And we have 
somebody singing and dancing because it's funny. Let's now, go back to television. Yeah, let's go back to TV because TV is good. TV is very good. Alan is watching all the things on TV, including a CBS special movie. Oh, it's the James Brown story. And here we have James Brown about to go into a number here. He's dancing. And being carted off. In classic James Brown way. Well, isn't this the time he actually went to prison, James Brown? Yes. I thought it was a little bit before, because this would have been, what, about a year or two after he had uh, Living in America? Yeah. No, Living in America was 85 with Rocky Four. so. That early? Oh, I thought it was like 87 or no, so. No, Ro- okay. Rocky Four was 85, yeah. More filler, more filler. More filler. Ah, this episode's been brought to you by Parnell Springs and Champion Industrial Flanges. If it's a flange, chances are it's a champion. And those Parnell Franks have less snout than the competitors. Right there, it says snoutless. I saw it says snoutless. Yeah, it says it right there. And now, it's the greatest event to hit a skating rink. Gandhi. On ice. And then we have Brentwood Carter, Hollywood Big Shot. Oh, played by Brent Spiner. Yep. Because, as I mentioned, this is a Paramount joint. Indeed it is. And Brent Spiner is a character actor. And we take a break from live television to watch pre-recorded television. Pre-recorded television that Alan made himself. You see, Alan is not only a TV addict, but he's basically the prototype for modern-day creators. See, we didn't have YouTube in 1989, so you had to make do with your video camera. Yes. I guess you could say Corinemic crawled so the three of us could walk. No. Corinemic crawled so home movies could walk. That's what this reminds me of. Home movies, the Oh, yeah. Oh, the Adult Swim cartoon, yeah. I guess it's time to pull the plug, or whatever that line was. But here we have Alan creating a movie about his life in high school. And let's just say he pays very close attention to one particular cheerleader. And there she is. Oh, there she is. Alyssa. And... Who is that? Oh, he's the art teacher. The he's art the teacher. Very weird art teacher. Oh, and oh god. Oh, oh, oh. Oh no. 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 That's just wrong. In 2022, that's invoking a lawsuit. That's a fireable offense. Thank you. 1989, and eh, no one cared. It's yep. hilarious. Now we're at a charity car wash, and surprise, surprise, Alan is Bill Big Alyssa. Anyone else just find this a bit creepy? Yes. Not a bit creepy. Not a bit creepy. A lot of creepy. A lot of creepy. And, and, and what, you want to talk about creepy? Alyssa's talking to Alan 
through the TV. What? How? Well, again, we've seen that even though we're only like, what, 15, 10 minutes into the episode, he talked to the girl in the shower commercial. He did. He talked to the principal when uh, when they did that video at school. So this yeah. might be a magic TV or maybe it's maybe, maybe it's, it's all Alice in the head. Playing, playing tricks on him. Anyway, uh, Alyssa speaking through the TV to Alan is basically saying, I know you're going to Wisconsin, but I'm going to stay in town. So it would be a waste of time you asking me out. Duh. And then we see the boyfriend. Hey, buddy. Back to real life, where Gail's trying to find a way to basically leave her husband so she could be with Lenny Kling, the carpet king. I don't know if you guys know this, but Gail is a bit selfish. What? And when we say selfish, I mean incredibly selfish. Oh, yeah. Well, duh. Of course. Back to uh, Free James Brown. Free James Brown. Family Ties clip because owned by Paramount. Paramount. And now a retro documentary about the history of television, which leads to Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. Which features Shelley Berman, George Carlin, and the Smothers Brothers. The former Mrs. Ed? (laughs) The former Mrs. Ed. This is basically a behind the music about Mr. Ed. Well, he's not about behind the music. And and there's Mr. Ed right there. There's Mr. Ed right there. You don't sound like Sherman Hemsley. Oh, by the way, Mr. Ed's manager is played by the guy who played Weird Al's uncle in UHF. So, second UHF connection in this pilot. Mr. Ed nabbed in truck bust. At Heathrow? What? Was it like the... the what, was Mr. Ed trained by Bob Baffert? Jeez! And then we have the Smothers Brothers. Nowadays, Mr. Ed can be heard on AM radio because he's intelligent. Oh, by the way, when Alan switches from the uh, TV, you know what it plays? What does it play? Eddie Murphy in the movie Best Defense. Do you oh, remember boy. Best Defense? No, I don't, actually. Oh, okay. I, Let me... say I know it either. Okay. Best Defense was like a Dudley Moore movie, and it was originally like made as a Dudley Moore movie, but then somehow during the production the movie, Paramount was like, this movie sucks. Let's just find a way to insert Eddie Murphy into this movie. So they just inserted Eddie Murphy randomly into this movie. So they could, like, increase the box office. Because they thought, oh, this movie's going to suck if we put Eddie Murphy in it. We'll make some money. And <laughs> there's a comment Alan makes during this, which is kind of like, I'm guessing it's self-commentary. So I'm going to play the comment right here, so. Bad movie. <laughs> yeah. That was meta. Oh, he was poorly sure. 
Come to visit his buddy. His buddy. But, oh, guess who's here? Alyssa. The lovely Alyssa. Oh, yeah. The only thing that Alan will stop watching television for. I'd stop watching television for Cheryl Pollock. Well, of course. Well, I mean, she is a ginger, so. Well, now she is. Well, in the context of this. uh... In this pilot, yes. Yeah. I keep noticing that thing on Alan's finger. What? I think, you know, I remember back in the day they had, I'm sure you used like creepy crawlies as a kid, those little rubber spiders and you throw them against the wall. Yeah, I remember creepy crawlers. Yes. I want to say it's something like that. Okay. I remember seeing ads for creepy crawlers on Nickelodeon all the time. Creepy crawlers. Maybe it's not a creepy crawler, but you, you could stick it like on the end of your finger and, you know, just, yeah, yeah, do, do little things with it. I remember those. And purple and green. Is that all the, is, 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 is the cartoon creepy crawlers on the list? Or is it red? There was a creepy crawlers cartoon. There was a creepy crawlers cartoon. Why? Well, I, I have no memory of this. You don't have any memories of this? I have no memories of the creepy crawlers. They used Power Rangers money to make the creepy crawlers cartoons. What did he say? You can be a little creep without being bad. How can you be a little creep without being bad? I have no idea. Mike? How can you be Well, I wasn't even talking about those. What I was thinking of was those, like, um, octopus things that... The wacky wall wall walkers? uh, The what? The wacky wall walkers? That sounds more like it, yes. That's what I was thinking of, not really creepy crawlers, but that's what that could be on the fingers is... It definitely looked like a rubber type of substance, and I thought there were like um, uh, ones that you could put on your fingers and you know just w- wiggle it around or wave it around. Okay, I got it. It's also been like about thirty-five years since I've even seen one, so I could be way off on this. So Alyssa's going on her date with Polly Shore to the movies, and meanwhile, Polly Shore is using a little kid as an armrest. What a jerk! So, now the parents are thinking about either a rest home or a vacation. Probably a rest home, because, well, Jeff's trying to get the house all to himself. Because he's a jerk. A. And B, he's a homeless jerk living out of his porch. Oh, hey, look, we're back with Eddie Murphy protesting again. The character kind of reminds me of sort of, it's kind of sort of like Velvet Jones. Remember that? I character? was just about to say that. Yeah, it's similar to, but legally distinct. How do we know it's legally distinct? For all we know, Eddie Murphy could have created that character. That is true. But I get what you're trying to say here. Oh, we got a report on 2020. Hey. Baby, baby fights. 
Underground baby fights. Okay, this is now starting into UHF territory. Oh, including the, the obviously fake baby who, who bites the ground. Yes, pit babies. The shocking truth. This is like an early version of UFC. Right down to the maturity level. And now, here's a dance break. Yeah. Oh, you know who I think the guy is that's next to Eddie Murphy in this sketch? Uncle I think Roy it's, Murphy? I don't know. I think it's the dude from Coming to America. Remember the um, the Randy Watson scene where the guy's like, that boy's good. Yeah. I yeah, think I it's that, that guy. Oh, it probably is that guy. Yeah. Yes! Randy Watson! <laughs> that boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, this guy. Jeff, there's a reason why you're not going to go on to quarterback the Giants in Super Bowl 25, dude. Yep. And now the electric booty shake. I don't know. He's trying to convince his father to go into a rest home. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's watch some television. Yeah, let's watch some more TV because TV is good. Duh. Right now, the TV is the only thing keeping us sane. Uh, Oh, now Jeff's working on Alan. They're like, hey, don't you want to go to Wisconsin? I mean, you stay in town, go to West Philly Community College. All you're doing is be with Alyssa and Polly Shore. Like, you don't want to be with Alyssa and Polly Shore. You don't want that. You go to community college just to be a giant geek. Who does he think he is? Brian Alvarez calling him a geek? And all of a sudden, this starts getting into his head. Greg, just, oh, yeah. just play. Okay, let me play. Because this is, cause this is important. This is cool. Take a listen. Alan. What? Alan, Alan, I said, Alan, go to Wisconsin. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Alan, Alan, go for the bush. You should stay in Philly. You got the Phillies, the 76ers. Dr. J's not playing, but he still lives there. Did somebody say Philly? Hey, Alan, <laughs> my advice is, if I'm good, if I'm good, man. Hey! What is Alan going to do? Wisconsin. Philly! Wisconsin. Philly. Wisconsin. Bush. Quail. But, Dad, Alan's your son. You can't just throw him out of the house. To hell with him. Banish me from the family, not Alan. Why should we banish you? It's you we love. It's Alan we can't stand. So, tell me more about your brother with the Porsche. About your brother. your brother with the Porsche. <laughs> Jeff! Jeff! Brother, no! Get out of here! Why would Alyssa want to go out with a schlepper like you? Schlepper like you? You should consider your education and not your glandular impulse. Oh, I was a good Alan student. Better, I sentenced you to four years in Wisconsin without Alyssa. No! <laughs> we pretended to like you long enough. Hey! Ah! Hey, come on, buddy! Oh, Dad! No! 
it, kid. Your history. Your history. Your history. Just showing Alan getting arrested and the protester wanting him free. I think Greg and I have things to say. What the hell did I just see? <laughs> I think we saw the weight of reality crashing in on Alan here. That's a it, reality. It's like reality's bleeding into his escape here. Oh, That's by the way, I just realized something. You know who's next to Eddie Murphy in this part right here? And the Ew. 905 Market Port 4? Tiny Zeus Lister. Oh my god! Okay, also, I think just my reaction is like some of that in 1989, yeah, you could get away with it, but I'm sorry, when you show images of the KKK followed by Hitler and Nazis, no. Cringe territory? No. Just no, no. Can't, can't get away with that in 2022. Uh-uh. No. Can't do no. that. No, that, that, I thought that was what Greg's face reaction was No, for. all of this was was weird. Well, all of it was, yeah, but I specifically I mean, yes, at that relevant point... relevant to the plot and everything, but God damn. Well, well yeah, it, it's not really germane to the plot, but the thing is, that was when my face started... I, I had the same look that you had, Greg, and I, I thought you just had it from that point forward. I didn't know that was basically your reaction for the entire clip. Oh, it was my reaction to the entire clip. Every <laughs> that was there was there was no, it's like that clip just served to be sort of the catharsis to everything going on in Alan's life, bleeding into his escape, and they went all in on it. And I'm like. I won't see that. I won't see that. No, even though we have Debeau from Friday, no, I don't want to see that. Standing uncomfortably next to James Brown, Eddie Murphy. It looks like he's about to pass a stone. And, and, and Debo looks at Eddie Murphy like, well... Well, he is the human wrecking machine, Chico. <laughs> Yeah, he's about to wreck something. I'm glad you guys went there and not me. Thank you. <laughs> One day we're going to cover No Holds Barred the Match the Movie on this podcast because, dear Lord, I <laughs> he's going to tear him in half. He's going to tear the Hulkster oh. in half in No Holds Barred with the help of Kurt Fuller, damn it. Jockass! Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? I find that a little hard to swallow, you jockass! Oh, you're talking about tearing Hulk Hogan in half. Yeah. You're talking about James Brown. He'll rip him into about fifths, I think. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Before this goes completely off the rails here, we have uh, Libby learning how to play the Casio, and it's a very small Casio. I think we had something similar to that in her. Uh, elementary yeah school. yeah we had one at my house that was about that size yeah yeah okay. i grew up with one of those things oh casio keyboards they were all the rage oh yeah 
And uh, Alan goes to his parents about his problem, which he kind of sort of has to do now that it's interfered with his precious TV time. And uh, Leo does what he always does. He compares everything to a box. A box? Because remember, Leo works as a box maker. Oh, that's right. He does work as a box maker. I wonder, did he work at the box factory when Bart Simpson uh, and his class went there and Bart got bored and left to go to to see the uh, Krusty the Clown show? And that's uh, how he got famous because I didn't do it. And that's how he ended Uh, up on Conan. And and match game 2034 with the vivacious head of Kitty Carlisle. Hi, everybody. Let's start the game. Well, just remember, only Conan may dance, not Bart. Exactly. And actually, the funny thing about that is that uh, art was done before Conan's show even debuted. That was very speculative. Oh, yeah. Oh, what happens with uh, the college decision? Uh, He's still still torn. So he goes back to watching TV. More James Brown in the shower. Oh, hold and, on. Oh, 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 hold on. We got to play yeah, it. We, we've, got, we've got to include this because... Marsha, when we left off a few moments ago, you were in control of the board, so make the selection for us, please. I'll take Alan's family for 300 The answer is... There's your own Clayhorn. This sniveling oh, yeah. fire baby still lives okay. at home. Marsha? Who is Alan's sister, Gail? You're right. Go again. Alan's family for 400 The answer? A selfish cretin. He was kicked out of locksmith school when he couldn't open his lunchbox. Marsha, again. Who is Gail's boyfriend, Lenny? No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Bob or Gwen? The correct response this time is, who is Alan's brother, Jeff? Marsha, you get to pick again, however. I'll stay with Alan's family for 500 The answer is, young and single in World War II, he had a wild affair with a Samoan nurse. Bob. Who is Alan's father? You're absolutely right. Where to? Now, remember, this becomes important in a couple hey, of minutes. Pay attention, folks. I'm not going to judge you. Totally understand if you want to judge me, though. And, uh... Yeah. We're going to settle this all like a family, I guess. So in comes Bob to finally settle things, telling Jeff, do what you feel is right. And telling Gail... Divorce your husband. Yeah. And telling Jeff, I will make up the garage as a bedroom. So that that's all settled. Oh, wait. This is the money shot. Greg, do the honors. But I don't see a garage at that house. There's someone getting the door here. I got it. Yes. Uh, I'm looking for this guy, Mr. Leo Hofstetter. Yeah, I'm Leo Hofstetter. Yeah. You're the same Leo Hofstetter was in the army hospital in Pago Pago during World War II. Yes. Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. I... Yeah! Daddy! 
Sweetheart? Mom! Sort of DNA test that he'd still be at WNYW. Read the news at five, six, and ten. No, well, John Rowland would probably well, no, John Rowland was probably doing the news at six on channel five. Oh, my bad. No, Demas John Rowland did the news at 10 p.m. on channel five. Well, okay, so maybe Alan needs to like invent a time machine, go forward about mm, 10, 15 years. Go to Maury and say, hey, did Dad father this Samoan kid? Oh, gosh. Did we get a resolution on the college plot line? I don't think we got a resolution in the college plot line. Uh, he hasn't, I, as far as I know, I remember watching this, but I only watched it once. I don't think he made a decision about whether to go off to Wisconsin or stay in West Philadelphia. Yeah, essentially, I thought it was just follow your dreams or follow your heart. And we just never got closure as to what his heart slash head says. Nope. No. Well, I guess it'll always be a mystery. Yeah, because uh, CBS took one look at this show and said, Nope. Nope. But we'll air it. Well, yeah, they used to air pilots back in the day in the summer to... Fill uh, time slots. Well, yeah, and we covered the uh, the infiltrator with Scott Bakula. Yeah, that was only what yeah. two years earlier. Yeah, I think another issue that this show had, besides really just a little too out there for the general public slash a CBS viewing audience, I think this does not work as an hour show. I think if you cut it down to half an hour. And I get it's a pilot. I get it's trying to set up everything, but th- this uh, felt like a bit of a slog. And I think if it ran for that half an hour, I think that would have worked a lot better as a, a, a semi-traditional sitcom, perhaps. Yeah, it would have worked a lot better as a half hour, I think. Or nowadays, because remember, this was before Dream On. And this was before remote control. Uh, no, this was not before remote control. This, this was, would be during remote control. It's smack dab in the middle of remote control. No, I think what you're thinking of is Click, the movie with Adam Sandler. Yeah, Click was like much later. Well, that's like, yeah, that, that's like 15, 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a good idea, but it needed a little bit of polish, I think. I mean, it was certainly good enough to win a Television Critics Association TCA Award for Outstanding Achievement in Movies, Miniseries, and Specials. But aside from that, I mean, it was a good idea, but it was perfected when HBO did it with Dream On with Brian Benbend. I would even say it was maybe even perfected a little bit more with UHF because watching this, I did get a lot of UHF vibes. And we even mentioned how many connections did we have? At least two or three to uh, UHF? Well, we had Fran Drescher and we had the guy 
who played Mr. Ed's manager played Weird Al's uncle in UHF. Right. So maybe there's something there, some sort of connection that, you know, one sort of led to the other, maybe kind of sort of. Oh, I guess technically three since you have Gandhi in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, because in UHF they had Gandhi 2. Which, let's be honest, if that was a real movie, Gandhi 2, I would definitely would want to see it. So it did win an award, but did it win any sort of accolade? Did it win the hearts and minds of America? Even oh. with a clip of Alex Trebek at his Alex Trebekiest. No, because this aired at 10 o'clock at night on February 27th. So yep. your answer is no. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this aired at 10 o'clock. This is like the ultimate example of let's just burn this pilot. Yeah, and Peter Michael Getz even said as much when he said, CBS and Paramount are very scared about its potential. Otherwise, the network would have ordered more episodes. They know it's a different kind of piece. They've ordered 13 episodes for a lot of shows without major stars and without people with as much clout as Eddie Murphy. I'm totally up in the air. I don't think they'll throw it out altogether because it has Eddie Murphy's name on it. But it does require a little adjustment for the audience. Whether people are prepared to do that, I don't know. Well, I can tell you right now they were prepared to do it because it dropped in the ratings from, let's see, New Heart was earlier in the night with a 12.8, then Kate and Allie with an 11.6. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> then Murphy Brown with a 14.3, Designing Women with a 14.6. All these are new episodes, by the way. I'm surprised Kate and Allie was still on in 89. I think this would have been the last season. It Kate had to have been the last season because it sure as hell didn't go past to 90. No. And then What's Alan Watching was a 12.8 against a Columbo mystery movie on ABC and From the Dead of Night, which is a part one of a two-part uh, made-for featuring... Lindsay Wagner and Bruce Boxleitner. Oh, awesome. After three eerie near-death experiences, a Los Angeles fashion designer is told that death will come for her unless she is strong enough to fight off the supernatural forces of darkness. Also featuring Peter Jason and Diane Carroll. And if I'm not mistaken, it's on DVD. It is on DVD, y'all. Oh, wow. This show... What's Al watching? Not no, on DVD. Not on DVD. And not, not on sh- streaming. Not on Paramount Plus. It's nowhere. The only way you can see it is on the YouTube in five different parts. In five different parts. But you know what? Corn Nimic, he'd go on a year later to have probably like one of the most memorable shows. From Fox in the early 90s. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy, of course, he would go on to just the greatest career one can have, actually. Oh, yeah. And Barry Blaustein, 
went on to direct the wrestling documentary Beyond the Mat. Terry wasn't the only wrestler who lived in Amarillo. The other one was unfortunately not as successful. Dennis Stamp had over 800 matches, none of them main events. Now an exterminator, he was the self-proclaimed king of the cockroaches. Are you coming to the show Thursday night? Uh, no, no, I won't be. Why not? I'm not booked. Man, there's like so many weird wrestling connections. You have Rob Bartlett who went on to announce for Monday Night Raw later. You have Zeus in this. Just amazing. Just a lot of, lot of references about everything. And we had Alex Trebek. And let's just say you can never go wrong with Alex Trebek. Yeah. And Helen Clegg blank contestant. But ultimately, what's Alan watching? He's watching himself as a thing on TV. But guys, I think we need a palate cleanse after that. Okay. So let's get the music going and serve up another It Was a Thing haiku corner. Okay. That'll bring your blood pressure down. Uh, Yeah. Okay. What is this haiku? What is this award-winning haiku? Here it comes. Here we go. Here we go. What's Alan watching? Lots of old television. And Cheryl Pollock. Well, he was watching more of that uh, girl in the, uh, the the shower at the in the first uh, the the first uh, act than anything else. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Cheryl Pollock, she was a tomato. And she she's right a tomato. There. I agree with you. She's, she's a right there. She's Spicy literally tomato. in the room with her. She she's like Alan will turn the television off for Cheryl Pollock. Yeah, he was talk literally talking to her right on the TV. He was having he was having a human conversation through the television. Well, until Polly Shore showed up. Until Polly uh, Shore showed up, but well, it could be worse. Could be Jeff. Jeff, what a jerk! Yeah, I bet you he's not living in a 1989 Porsche nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Traded up for a Tesla. No, I'm thinking he traded down to like a Ford uh, Escort or something like that. Do they even make the Ford Escort anymore? No, we had to get a used one. Oh, okay. From Carvana. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Let's use a a reasonably recent brand, Ford Fusion. Even though they don't make those anymore, at least that's a little more recent than a Ford Escort or a Ford Tempo. Well, it's better that than a Yugo. Oh, well, 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 nobody went with a Yugo. It's not Yugo, it's no go. <laughs> you go? No, you don't go. <laughs> you, you get towed. So, I can tell you what Alan would be watching if he was still, you know, watching TV. He'd be watching everything that we covered on it was a thing on TV.com where we have. 250 other episodes, including live shows and mini-sodes, and also uh, links to all of our socials, including our YouTube, where you can like our videos, subscribe, and don't forget to hit the notification bell. 
only thing is, it costs more than the car. So you can stay up to date on future entries. And also, as we like to do, shout out to our friends at the Place to Be Nation, where we do the weekly drop. We got a weekly drop this week, Greg? Well, we got right now in Place to Be Nation Pop, we got uh, last week's two episodes. We got the Wonder Woman 2011 pilot and Fluffy Dogs, which we got to mention again. They look like dogs, but they're not dogs. They're not dogs. They're not dogs. No. No, they don't like being called dogs. Don't well, call them a dog. Well, well, I think actually the, the dolls originally, since the dolls preceded the cartoon, they were dogs. But in the cartoon, they're, they're not, not dogs. They're not dogs. Yeah, if that makes a lick of sense. Well, I see what you did there. By the way, shout out to Tunab for that awesome um, relationship between the dogs and the dolls. I mean, the dolls and the not dogs. Yeah, that was a good video. Okay, next week, pilot month continues. We got an unsold pilot related to a movie done by Sam Raimi back in the 90s. And also, hey, I don't think we've done a regular game show episode this year. Yeah, yeah we have. We have? Yeah, we have. We did? What was yeah. it? The Lingo mini-sode? Mini-sodes don't count. I'm not counting oh, no. that. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank heavens I have these all categorized. No, this is our first uh, game show that we've done this year. The last one that we dedicated a full-fledged episode to was Your Number's Up. Yep. So, okay, it's been like th- almost 40 episodes. I guess we're overdue for one, so. We're overdue for a really good game show. Just saying. Yeah. And I think this actually aired, didn't it? N- no, it didn't air, but it did have a home game that was released. Oh, okay, yeah, we did. It did have a home good game. Good luck finding that. Oh, yeah, especially. But, hey, we got a special episode not related to pilot month but we figured you know what we might as well cover this because an actual full episode of this just dropped on youtube thanks joe and michael yep it is what is it oh my god it's it it is another game show ish ish game show adjacent it's game show adjacent and we've talked about it plenty especially from mike We've referred to it a number of times. There's some people on that show that have appeared elsewhere on previous installments. Especially one who may, by this time next year, be a show Hall of Famer, possibly. Yep. Okay, it's in the realm of possibility, yeah. Never say never. I never do. Plus, we have... A TV show based on a movie that was based on a character that became a cult classic, and I'm still trying to figure out why. Yeah, well, I, be- I mentioned we're covering that, but yeah, that is true. Yeah, a cult classic movie, but why they made it a pilot for this, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm still trying to wonder why the actual movie was made. Well, the movie was actually pretty good. I know. 
But yeah, that movie was like way too ahead of its time for 1990. But you'll find out more about those topics next time right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. We'll see more stuff real soon. Wow! Mr. Randall? Mr. Phillips? Hello?